Hello, welcome back to the show Cracked. That's Cracked, it's not Crocked. Hopefully it's not Crap. Definitely won't be Scrapped, fingers crossed. It's not Dapped and it's not Crack Cocaine. It's called Cracked. Cracked is a podcast on FBI radio that cracks open the creative process. My name is Al, I'm a curator, a musician, and I flunked out of psychology at Macquarie University. I'm Luke, and I'm an engineer with an excessive affinity for mangroves. We're here to overanalyze and maybe find a bit of meaning along the way. We may be underqualified in some areas, but we're here on a mission, and that's to crack open the ideas that tie together music across all genres and styles. Between different tastes and techniques, and the odd joke to crack each other up. So we've recorded five episodes so far. And yeah. We've really hit the mark on cracking open the creative process across such topics as rap voices, recording fidelity, lo-fi, hi-fi, self-soothing. Echoes. Echoes was a Outside of music. Last yeah. Week. I like the, the self-soothing one too. Mm. I had a lot of people being like, oh, wow. It's so interesting. So, so soothing. <laughs> but we're changing it up this week because not so long ago, I was at a party, believe it or not. <laughs> and I invite Alistair to all the parties that I go to and he says no. This was an elderly party <laughs> of people my age. And I made the flippant comment that post-punk is the new elevator music. <laughs> not really realizing that it was that spicy of a take, but it's really stuck with me and I keep okay. thinking about it. And then separately, we learned through doing the show Cracked that Luke had, I'm not sure if it was no interest or no idea what post-punk was. I had listened to, I'd probably been around it. I just never engaged in like the lore of post-punk, if that makes sense. Like understanding where it came from, like cultural significance. And in my research, I understand why I was never interested in it now. Um, it's pretty interesting to me now, though. But And, and thus, this episode <laughs> is a little piece of homework for our young friend, Luke. It is called Post Punk is the New Elevator Music. And essentially, we're going to unpack the genre yep. of post punk, warts and all. Yes. And hopefully get some hot takes from Luke. Have you been doing your homework this uh, week? I've, I've got many a hot take. Some of them, I've, I, I, I did think maybe I'd hurt Alistair's feelings. Um, so we'll see. If, if this is our last episode, you'll know why. <laughs> So, if you're a fan of post-punk or you're a little bit iffy on the genre, like some stuff, but don't like other stuff, this is definitely for you. We're going to go through uh, some British greats, some stuff from the indie scene mm. from maybe a decade ago that you would definitely heard on FBI, uh, the American end of things, and also kind of some classic Australiana I think in my experience, I liked the American the most. Okay. The well, English sounded really whiny to me. That's just the English in general <laughs> for you. <laughs> that was the key takeaway. Like I, I started like logging my music experience, listening experience. I've never done that before. I was yeah. like, oh, let's see how I go. And first thing I wrote down, I'm like, why is everyone whining? Everyone is just whining so much. Well, Alistair has the most disappointed face on right now. Okay, okay, we're going to start nice and easy then. <laughs> we're going to start with a band that we both love that is very new and uh, a big proponent of FBI. 
I wasn't sure that they were even post-punk when mm. we were talking about them. Their name is Dust. Oh, yeah. Dust is cool. They played the FBI 20th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were good. When I was... what I'd never seen them play and I thought they were like proggy. I thought yeah. they were like post-hardcore prog, kind of like the Mars Volta at the drive-in kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I listened to the record and it's definitely post-punk. Uh, a friend of mine who's like moderately adjacent to them of sorts was telling me about the inspiration they have across the local scene. Apparently, everyone's doing sax now. I mean, what, sax has been around for yeah. a while. <laughs> it's an older it's, instrument. It's, it's, it crosses, means we can do a sax theme because <laughs> it crosses all the genres. So we're going to start with Joy Brackets Guilt by Dust off their awesome 2023 record called Etc. Etc. This is Cracked. program here lovingly provided by fbi radio you just heard paramore with the news and before that you had sonic youth with bull in the heather now i really really loved that sonic youth track out why did you pick it for my learning for my my post-punk learning experience well post-punk 101 so we've started at an interesting end because logically you, one would start in England. That's yes. That's where post-punk originated. Wait, I thought it was... Uh, oh, post-punk. But punk started in America. I, I, this was... I, it so, sort of started in America and England. It depends. Like, there's different forms. The Stooges are known as the originators of punk music. But then you've also got the Sex Pistols and yes. the Buzzcocks so, in the UK, which we will touch on... In some form. In my research, I did. I this is a post-punk episode, but I thought it was a punk episode, so I researched all of it, which is a fair mistake to me. It's, <laughs> it's murky territory, and it's interesting because I think when people 
hear the name Sonic Youth, they think yeah. of noise rock. And when they hear yeah. the name Paramore, they, they think, think of, of pop punk, pop punk yes. mall punk, okay, whatever you want. But those two tracks definitely fall under post-punk. And okay. this is part of the beauty of the genre. Yes. That I'm going to mansplain to you. Okay. Is that it's actually can contain multitudes as a genre <laughs> and I think that's why it's still really pertinent and why every generation seems to latch onto their own version of post-punk. I can see it's kind of got a certain adolescent indifference to it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, which strangely ages well and I think yeah. that's got something to do with there's a propulsive nature to the music mm. that isn't as in your face and aggressive as punk yes. or hardcore music yes. or metal etc etc so, yeah in my even in my like exploration of punk as a genre uh, as a whole i listened to like minor threat which i now know is hardcore punk yeah um and i thought it was cool but even like i'm 24 yeah and i was like oh, this, this music is tiring well i'm 36 and i'm <laughs> definitely too tired for punk music but hey you can listen to whatever but music you want at whatever age you are i will post-punk was i found far more something i could engage in far more well i think directly. there's an element of the uh naivety and pushing beyond like pushing at the limits of one's ability mm. uh, especially with vocals, yes, it's ve- it's very common to have non-traditional vocals, and when I say non-traditional, I mean not traditionally trained, very melodically yes. styled vocalists. There's a bit of talk singing. It can be a bit shouty. I noticed that, and I think in the context of post-punk, it all worked so much more. I mean, so much better, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the it was just kind of like soft vocals that are drowned out by reverb. And it was more like an undertone. It was one component of the track uh, rather than the primary component of the track. Mm. But I think I prefer that more than the latter, where it's the only thing you're listening to are the vocals. In this context, everything can shine. Yeah. And so with Sonic Youth, Mm. their discography goes all sorts of places. Like It almost hits like Neil Young style jamming music. Gordon is really cool. Um, yeah. I researched into Kim Gordon. Hot a bit. take. Kim Gordon <laughs> is cool. Okay, I think Kim Gordon is really cool. Um, just like learning about their origins and how they started kind of making music and things of that nature and where they latched onto punk originally. So they were doing stuff in the 80s too, which I'm assuming punk was still alive in the 80s, right? Yeah. Um, and they were doing like the more feminist punk music kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so they were at the tail end of. Uh, this scene around this place called CBGB. CBGB. CBGB's in New York. So like York, New Washington. Oh, okay. Fair. Where New York was pretty decrepit. And that's where yeah. people like Patti Smith and yes. television okay, cool. came out of. I Yeah, I thought that was... an in, Well, I thought that was like... The, that was the coolest way I could latch on to punk in my research, if that yeah. makes sense. Because the rest of the time, like, okay. It was just white dudes getting angry at stuff. And I was like, oh, what do I care about this? Whereas this was something that I felt kind of spoke to or said something that I cared about, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, there is depth of like anti-establishment sentiment and things like that. And I can definitely get behind that, too. But that was something that I've heard and I think is still, I don't know, it was, that was just what I gravitated towards. And this, it wasn't by design other than the fact that they're both American bands. Okay. There is something interesting about the Haley Williams yes. of Paramore and 
the Kim Gordon. I used to have such a big crush piece. on her. Cool. On Haley Williams. <laughs> Seems like every Gen Z I know has a, has had a crush on Haley Williams. Yeah, she's just cool. She is cool. And I mean, the interesting thing about this most recent album from Paramore and this track, The News, is they were heavily influenced by a band called Block Party. I have heard of from Block the Party. UK. I have heard Block Party. And this is moving us into a different era of yes. post-punk. And we're switching shores. Sorry, we're moving away from America. Okay. Which your your dearly beloved country but, land of post-punk. Yes, yes. The heartland. And we're going to the sad saps okay. of the UK. Okay. We're going to kick off with the origins of punk and post-punk. Okay. With Pill, Pill. Public Image Limited. Okay. How did you find the track Albatross from the album Metal Box? I thought that was... I had some strong notes on that one. I That gave me a lot of semblance to modern it, con, it considered punk. Like, I know these are an artist that you, or a group that you don't like, Viagra Boys. I know you've expressed your disdain yeah, for them. Yeah, a bit whatever. Um, but, like, I could see direct parallels. Definitely. I was like this like same rolling baseline throughout both of their music and the yeah. kind of rhythms that they'd employ and then how they'd structure it. It's so similar. I will say the Viagra Boy stuff is a bit more like clean cut and tidy. Yeah. Whereas this is a lot more drenched. So, so this music is unhinged. So Johnny <laughs> Johnny Rod and John Lydon, who was the singer from the Sex Pistols. Okay. So uh, yes. the origination of punk in the UK. Yes. This is the band that he formed afterwards. So it's literally oh, okay. post-punk. Po- it's literally... Oh, okay. And they recorded this in like the dead hours of studios because they didn't have any money. Yeah. So you'd have to go at like three in the yeah, morning or some shit. Yeah. And and it sounds like it too. Yeah. But okay. they had this amazing bassist, Jar Wobble, who was super influenced by reggae. Yes. And dub reggae. Yeah. 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 And that's really comes through. I noted that in the bassline. Yeah, and that kind of st- scratchy guitar tone mm, mm. is like still like being copied over and over. Yeah, it really is, and I'm hearing it now in like the music that is more, I guess, presented to me in my sphere of music consumption. It's, it's still interesting right there. that you find the emotional exploration in UK post punk more whiny than American post punk. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's the accent. Something about the accent puts me off it, mm. but maybe that's something to explore further. And like, maybe I just need to get used to it. And that said, my expanse wasn't isn't huge, so maybe there is more post punk that I find uh, from the UK that I appreciate. Okay, well, but show me this song. Show we'll, me this. we'll play this song, and then we'll play a more ballady. Okay. British post punk. Yeah, I think I appreciated the ballady stuff more we'll, in my list. We'll play something a bit softer. Okay. That is a lesser known post punk song for, okay, cool. for the mega post punk fans out there. I would bet, I'm not a betting person, <laughs> don't believe in gambling, <laughs> but I would bet a lot of money. Most people don't know this band. This is my favorite post punk band. But okay, before cool. Before all of that, we're going to listen to Ground Zero of post punk in the UK. It is. Public Image Limited, aka Pill with Albatross.
You're listening to Cracked on FBI Radio, where we crack open the creative process once a week. And this week, we're cracking open post-punk for my co-host, Luke Joseph. It's been so much fun. Who We've been building up to this for a little while. We've had some jokes about the fact that he doesn't really know what post-punk is or didn't have much interest. So, gave him a little bit of homework for the week. I've learned so much about you, Al. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that song was (laughs) the sound, the amazing and very forgotten British post-punk band with my favorite song of theirs and probably my favorite post-punk song ever called Monument. Okay, cool. Cool. And I'm very intrigued as to what you think about it. It's from an album called All Fall Down, which really summarizes the tone (laughs) of the sound. So I I really liked it. Let me just preface that. I thought it was a really cool song. Um, I I loved the synths at the end and how it crescendos that way. Um, And the guitar really grew on me in the short duration of the track. Are you talking about the acoustic guitar or the electric coming in? Uh, Probably a bit of both, I'd say. I think the initial... Wait, what comes in at the beginning of the track? It goes like... Yeah, I think that... that, That's like the refrainy kind of thing. And then the electric goes... (laughs) (laughs) I want to cry just singing it. Yeah, and that grew on me. I really like that. Um... I did have a few takeaways because, okay, keep in mind, this was like the second song in the list of homework Alistair gave me. So I was still like acclimatizing to what post-punk was, um, what I was getting into. Yeah. So I I gave it to you on a cassette. It was a (laughs) mixtape and you had to figure out how to play it and everything. What's the side A? What's the side B? (laughs) Well, that leads to my first point. I thought it feels like something Alistair would play when he had girls over when he was 19. Oh, wow. No, I wish. That would have made me really cool. No, unfortunately, I was listening to a lot of Jeff Buckley when I was 19 and a fair bit of Silverchair. Silverchair No, I I started listening to this pretty heavily in my 30s. Okay, fair. (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty down and out. The second note that I had, um, oh, I said actually bringing back to the Sonic stuff. Uh, the mm. actual like instrumentation. Um, I said the synth was oh, kind of yeah. disgusting. It is pretty, and I was like, it's I, pretty washy. Yeah, I was like, I was. Assu- I assumed that's cool. Back that was cool back then. Um, I think it was there was limited to, tech availability. Yeah. So well, this this band was not like a big band. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Well, the synth itself sounds like something off of. I don't know if you know about this VST. For reference, it's like a digital synthesizer. Yeah, they, they definitely didn't have VSTs <laughs> when they were making this record. There's like a very low budget VST you can get for like a dollar on sale if you're lucky called Expand. See, I find that synth sound really wistful. Well, it comes straight over to Expand to me. It like literally comes... And Expand is old. It's like from the like yeah, 2000s. Yeah, you know, I know Expand. Yeah, see. <laughs> Thank you very it's, much. It sounds like it's straight out of it. I'm assuming it was cool back in the day. It was before it became... Well, that's kind of, I guess, as well, how music instrumentation works. The older hardware eventually trickles down to those who can afford it and it becomes yeah. cool. So, so, so look, we've avoided the elephant in the room, which oh, is Joy Division. I forgot. I want to say one more thing about the track. Okay. Um, it sounds like it belongs on the perks of being a Wallflower soundtrack. 
I'm going to take that as a compliment <laughs> because that's a banger of a film and has a banging soundtrack. It does. It's got like Cocteau Twins. I actually think it belongs on the Jerry Maguire soundtrack. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Do you know Tom Cruise? Yeah, I know Tom this, Cruise. This is like one of his big films about uh, American football. Bobby Shmurda talks about him, right? I don't know who that is. You don't know who Bobby Shmurda is? No. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> Not to get sidetracked, um, but yeah, it, I do think it belongs on the Perks of Being a Wallflower soundtrack. That was the vibe that I got from it. Yeah, it's got a big coming of age kind yes. of energy, a bit of a John Waters. That's I think thing. why I envisioned you playing it at nineteen. I mean, I'm still <laughs> coming of age. <laughs> we, we all develop at our age own of speed. Thirty-six. I still got a year before my prefrontal mm. cortex fully develops. So, so, what's the next track you want to share with me? Well, that? so I do want to do a little preface to say that. People may get annoyed that we haven't played any Joy Division. Ah, yeah. And and kind of the big heavy hitters like The Cure in the mm. early days. They were obviously like seminal post-punk band. Yeah. But the sound are just not very well known. But mm. their records are just as good. Cool. As the kind of heavy hitters which are written in stone. Yeah. So I just highly recommend anyone who is interested in post-punk, go have a listen to The Sound. They're, they're not very well known. There's not tons on the internet about them. Uh, the singer uh, died kind of destitute. I think he had Aww. schizophrenia. Aww. Yeah, it's really like a sad story. But that's not the reason to listen to the music. It's like that's really encapsulate really everything that is amazing about post-punk. Yeah. I, well, I, I really liked it. I, well, the, I think it speaks volumes that it invoked emotion. I think the fact that I have such vivid references or emotions associated with it speaks mm. to its quality yeah and it's a good example of how post-punk isn't just fast drums and shouty mm. vocals like that is a ballad it's but it's still it still sits completely within the post-punk sound and i think ballads sit completely alongside the faster songs in every iconic post-punk album i agree uh even I mean yes I agree the only references I have in that context were I, okay talking about the Stooges before I, I found out they're proto-punk or whatever yeah um, but in their ballads they had like one or two tracks that were just like very soft murky kind of slow paced tracks and I they, they fit gorgeously but I also liked them the most yeah yeah they really hit yeah so what's the next thing well next we're gonna we're gonna stay in England we know okay. how much you love England the sappy sax <laughs> Over in the UK. <laughs> I love Morrissey. <laughs> I wanted to track that I'm statement. I'm so glad that we statement don't, was drained. I'm so happy we don't have to talk about Morrissey <laughs> in this episode. That, I too just much wanted, to unpack. I just want to say that statement was ironic. I don't really love Morrissey. I feel like I need to put that out there. Okay, so <laughs> there's a more closer to home. Okay. Recent years cool. kind of vibe. Cool. There's a big post-punk scene in the UK. Yeah. You yeah, know, this know is not that. new news. No. How do you feel about the kind of more recent music, like like bands like Squid, Go so Girl, Fontaine's DC? Fontaine's DC, bit indifferent. Mm. Um, Squid. Idols. I, idols annoy me. Or well, they don't annoy me. They're all right. I don't mind some of their stuff. Um, some of the, I don't know, some of the new punk feels a bit hollow. Um like what's then something mod or something like that fighting words (laughs) I thought I was rough on the new I don't know it just feels 
disingenuous sometimes, but maybe that's more of a reflection on me. I don't mind some of the Idol songs. Um, I do think if they are like such strong political platforms, there are certain things they're not talking about that should be spoken about. But Ooh. this that um, bother me quite a little bit. Mm. I don't know if this is the place to get into that though. Um, Squid though, I thought they were cool. Um, some girl on Hinge made me listen to them one time. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, wow. You just, mean like on the date or you mean when you were messaging her? I was messaging her and then she was like, oh, I really like these people. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Give them that a sounds like a power move. What? Sending someone a squid track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I thought was it was it a cool. successful date? Um, I can't remember. I started like, uh, what's the word? I was like, wow, do you like the Smiths as well? Kind of shit. And she's like, yes. And then I just was like, oh, do you read Nietzsche? And she's like, yes. And then. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got bored, I think. So never really eventuated. Turns out it doesn't matter how old you are. Some <laughs> things just always stay the same. Nietzsche and the Smiths, my goodness. <laughs> but squid, yeah. squid are more of a left field choice in this new crop. Okay. Of post punk, they're signed to Warp, which is an iconic. I like Warp. Warp has like cool shit. They got like Danny Brown. They got Revengeist. Yeah, our like, boy. like historically they're all electronic, and then they they just do interesting left field wonky music. Yeah. I saw Squid. Okay, cool. At South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Ooh. And I thought, I don't know if I like this band, but I respect what they're doing <laughs> because they are going for it. Yeah, the trumpet is very much. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we're talking about sax? Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> they have a sax trumpet. and more. <laughs> this is Squid, Swing in a Dream. It's the new generation of post-punk on this episode of Crack that we're exploring. It's from the album O Monolith. This is Squid. It's crack. This is Cracked on FBI Radio, where we crack open the creative process. And on this hour, we have been showing my co-host, my friend, Luke Joseph, the ropes of post-punk 
every facet, <laughs> every bit of place where it comes from, <laughs> past, present, future, what it all means, what he loves, what he hates. We're just doing a quick download. It's Post Punk for Dummies. Yes. The Dummy is Luke. I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> We've covered <laughs> the US in two songs. We've covered the UK in three songs. Mm. And now we're on to the Australian contingent. Oh, yeah. Australian punk seemed cool. Well, it's post punk, not Sorry, punk. Australian. Luke. They're very different. <laughs> Australian post punk seemed cool. Well, we just had two epic <laughs> tracks. Yes. One from. Uh, the sadly long gone Roland S. Howard, Life's What You Make It, from his last album that was called Pop Crimes. I think I had one note for that one. Okay, hit me. Um, I liked the saturation on the guitars. Well, that is a pertinent note to make because <laughs> do you know anything about Roland S. Howard? No. Okay, so Roland S. Howard was the guitarist in a post-punk band called The Birthday Party, okay. which was Nick Cave's first Big ah. influential band before he formed Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. My friend was telling me Nick Cave made post-punk. Yes, and the big kind of part of him making post-punk mm-hmm. was Roland S. Howard, the guitarist, yeah. who was renowned for this kind of searing, scintillating, high-pitched, squealing guitar tone. Yeah. And Roland also made a couple of solo albums. Uh, teenage snuff film and pop crimes mm-hmm. um, he had some kind of drug issues and stuff as oh. a lot of people did who made post-punk yeah um, around the 70s and 80s yeah that makes sense and this was his big kind of return album but his guitar work is just so fury I think that is the entirety I mean that's like the songwriting's great and stuff yeah. and the rhythms are like propulsive yeah. post-punk dirges Every other song that you showed me, I had like maybe five or six points. This one, I just I mean, the look, one. Just like post-punk itself, sometimes <laughs> it's better to just be a little bit more minimal. Yeah. And just say it as it is. And that track and Roland S. Howard in general, all about the guitar. Yeah, fuck. It's just, just hits. I what? thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. <laughs> You're eating your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> After Roland S. Howard, we listened to Laughing Clowns. It's an I, earlier track from the late 70s, early 80s, called Eternally Yours. How'd you find it? Laughing Clown? Laughing Clowns. Yes. Um, I think I took... <laughs> really convincing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I took some... I This one I didn't feel so crash hot about, actually. Okay, I had an interesting. What do you want? Do you, I, I felt so bad. So this is from 1995. So my note for this one was, this one felt sonically stale. I recognize I'm wow. listening to old music. Lol. The saxophone was a bit shit at the beginning, but comes into its own in the bridge. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. This is the compilations from 95. The track okay. is from the 80s. Okay, fair, fair. I um, think that's okay. This was a good test because this is a good example yeah. of where post punk gets expansive. Okay, and accommodates a lot of different things. Yes. So Ed Cooper, who's the frontman and kind of brain of Laughing Clowns. Yeah. His first band and perhaps most famously were called the Saints. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is the band he formed after that. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. The Saints influenced Nick Cave to form a band, which 
obviously Roland S. Howard was involved in it. So it all comes full circle. So it's a very lineage kind of based thing. So this is, I guess, a precursor or like a part of the tree that dropped the seed to form Nick Cave's post-punk band. A little bit. And Laughing Clowns is kind of where things started getting a little bit wackier, Mm. a little bit weirder. Mm. Which you definitely hear in new music like Dust, for example, the Australian band we were listening to earlier. I would also like to preface, it didn't mean I didn't enjoy the song. I was just kind of like... I was being hypercritical in this context. I still think it was a pretty cool song. I still really appreciated it and enjoyed the experience. Um, And I think as I listened through to it, it grew on me. I I say in the end of my notes, (laughs) comes into its own in the the bridge. The proof's in the notes. You're really holding onto these notes for dear life. (laughs) These are interesting to me, to be honest. It was a fun experience. I'd never documented my listening experience quite like this. Dear diary, <laughs> today Al told me to listen to post punk. If I had a diary, that's what it would actually <laughs> sound like. It would just be Alistair's influence on my life. Dear diary, today <laughs> Alistair said I had a cool T-shirt on. Do, so when you were listening to this Australian contingent of post punk, yes, do you feel that it sounds any different from the UK and the than the American end? Yes, I, it definitely has the kind of certain, the tonalities and the kind of energy that's brought forward from them definitely are reflective of each country, if that yeah. makes sense. I felt the Australian one had a bit more nonchalance, which I guess sounds almost redundant considering isn't post-punk meant to have Yeah, it's less, it's less snarky than the UK. Yeah, um, I found it carried that really strongly, yeah. which I thought was really cool. And I also saw... I don't know. I've listened to a lot of local music. Pieces started falling into place in terms of how certain things locally sounded, Mm. which is what I really, which I found most interesting. Mm. Um, But yeah, I I did notice quite a difference. If that was your original question, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let's let's go to some more modern Australian stuff. There's modern Australian stuff. (laughs) Believe it or not, (laughs) I like low life. Low life's cool. Okay. Can we play Low Life? Sure. So, did you know Low Life before... Today? This home. Yes. This is Yes. So, I knew Low Life because they're from Western Sydney. And I think Western Sydney music is cool. I'm from Western Sydney. So, I'm like, these people are cool. Um, and when they complain, it sounds cool. Have you been to a Low Life show before? No. I saw they performed at the Opera House. Was that your doing? Uh, yeah, I was involved in that. Okay, fair. I wish I went to a Lola show. I reckon they'd be sick, right? Just go to any of them. I mean, okay. they've been amazing live for a really, really long time. Fair. They were like, like one of the... Oh, they're a little bit less chaotic than they used to be. Yeah. They're pretty kind of like tight ship now. Okay, cool. I think they may have management. What? God forbid. <laughs> uh, someone told me something ludicrous about their rider or something like that. Oh, uh, like the KFC. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah, one. That's, yeah, that's... I, that- can, I can vouch for that. That's all true. <laughs> Got a lot of KFC stories. <laughs> you know, low life was something that I had engaged in prior quite a bit. They were like a bit of a crutch for me when I was doing the bridge um, at first. Okay. Well, let's look. We've we've thrown a lot of things at you today. Yeah. I know it might be a bit disorienting. So, let's, let's give you an easy one. And then maybe we'll play something that you haven't heard. Okay, cool. This is the OG low life track. Oh, it's Doggin. Oh, yes. Off the album Doggin. <laughs> Such a By low life. Here it is. You're listening to the crack.
Welcome back to Cracked here on FBI Radio. Just there, I had total control with Flesh War. And at the top, we had Low Life with dogging. <laughs> I love Western Sydney. Western Sydney till I die. They're the best. What do you want to talk about with? Well, you clearly the- have so little to say about <laughs> Total Control's Flesh War. Yeah, because they're simply overshadowed by Western Sydney. We've been doing a full hour cracking open the creative process of everything to do with post-punk. Trying to guide you through... I've learned so much. British post-punk, American post-punk, post-punk from the 70s and 80s, the 2000s. It's been great. I've learned... Do you feel you have a better grasp of what post-punk is? Honestly, I definitely do. Because it is in all seriousness. A very, like, vague genre. So, do you want to hear my best effort to, like, encapsulate it in, like, ten words or something? Yeah, go for it. Um, It's like punk, the sentiments of punk, encapsulated into a more palatable tone and a bit less DIY. More... It approaches more music classicism in the sense it's fun and enjoyable to listen to outside of the context of, like, thrash and rage that punk originally was. Uh, maybe I've given it a bit more words than I originally specified. But it's kind of like... I wouldn't say it's the maturation. It matu- it's like punk matured. It's like the the, the refined, the, the, the intelligent man. There's, there's a little bit more space for complex emotions, delivery, and performance. Yeah, it's... I think but it's, it's a, still minimal. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe that sentiment that I liked, that I said at the end there, it's the intelligent person's punk music. It's for, in, it's for intellectuals. <laughs> what is this? What is this librarian <laughs> tone? It's for smart people. <laughs> Only smart people like those punk. I don't know. I know heaps of idiots who make post punk. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that's probably like the takeaway. I, and I think actually in my research, despite being misguided and listening to the spans of punk, yeah, I think I needed to know punk. I mean, there is like punk. there is kind of musical ties throughout it all. Like there's generally some form of guitar, some form of kind of propulsive, repetitive, like drum rhythm, drum bass rhythm. Yeah, and then some kind of vocal that is not a traditional kind of talented melodic vocal. Mm. It's, it's a little bit talky or shouty mm. or kind of pushing at the limits of one's ability, mm. which I think is always super relatable. I agree. It For seems one, like-, like I'm a person who has very limited ability <laughs> in life. <laughs> Al is so intelligent. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other, with really well, the other part of this cracked episode was casually having a conversation. Maybe I was a bit drunk <laughs> and saying post-punk is the new elevator music. And 
Listening to all of this music, it doesn't sound as kind of threatening and intense as maybe it did when it was first released. Mm. Even the, like the low life stuff in Total Control, like mm. you could literally hear it in a shopping center. I agree. Or like in a sneaker store. Would you say that's a reflection of the music or a reflection of society? Uh, both. Okay. I think as similar to other genres that have been around a long time and absorbed and kind of spat out in different ways that are exciting still hmm. but because it's a language that uh is very familiar even if you couldn't put the name to it like yourself luke you weren't quite sure what post-punk is but yeah. you definitely heard it yeah yeah a lot of these songs i already heard i was like i know this one yeah so it's kind of just ambiently in the background mm. and to close the show we're going to really push where post-punk has gone to in the full-blown hallmark sunday tv special kind of way uh we're gonna play the national who uh basically dad rock ah cool like yacht rock almost but this yeah well yeah they're kind of the yacht rock i for some reason yacht rock came to my mind well are they on the playlist that you shared with me yeah yes i think i literally said this sounds like yacht rock when i was listening to that that's perfect takeaway because it it is just very kind of vanilla music i don't mean that in a mean way Hmm. But it has all the hallmarks of post-punk, but I don't think people would consider them post-punk anymore. Okay, cool. So we're going to close out with something very chill, bit of a sad dude vibe, but kind of on a hopeful note because I, like I think post-punk keeps going in these interesting directions. And you know what? I'm learning just as much as you, Luke. <laughs> I'm providing new insights and reflections that That, you might not have considered. That is the hopes and dreams of Cracked, where we crack open (laughs) the creative process on FBI. I've been Al. I'm Luke. Thanks for listening to Cracked. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.